You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. And on today's episode, we have a couple of things to kind of get deep diving into. But before I do that, I would like to say that I have finally created a Instagram account for the Vibe Selection podcast. The actual Instagram that I've been promoting for these last couple of years has actually served as my personal Instagram post. I mean, my fir- my personal Instagram handle. The reason I did that was because I wanted to kind of see how things would flow with my brand. I wanted to see how far Vibe Selection would go. And it's ex- I've been able to reach quite a bit of people from my personal page. And so what I wanted to do was create Vibe Selection's own personal Instagram account so that way I can have a lot of my followers over there and so I can filter out all of my personal posts from my podcast posts so that way all of my followers that are following me because they personally know me won't be spammed with all of this Vibe Selection podcast stuff. They can be able to filter that out. So you guys make sure to go over there and follow that Instagram account. It's called Vibe selection podcast put it in your ig handles and follow me back baby so on today's episode like i said we have a couple of things to get into so one of the first things at topics that i'd like to discuss is the job morant situation now I'm not much of a sports fan. Like, I mean, I like sports, but I, I, I'm I, very sport illiterate. I don't know anything about it. The why when I do watch sports, honestly, I only watch it to watch, to look at the fine guys that are on there. To see all of those, you know, NFL players running up and down that field with those big old muscles and that nice behind. And to see all those fine NBA players running up and down the court, you know, it just kind of does something to me. But aside from just looking at them and their physical attributes and, you know, their talent, I know nothing about sports. But this situation here really kind of struck something in me, and I wanted to discuss it. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with John Morant, he is a 23-year-old basketball player who plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's a South Carolina native, and he was drafted drafted into the NBA as the second overall pick in 2019. And so he received a five-year, $194 million contract with the Memphis Grizzlies. Now... The problem that's going on with John Rod right now is his penchant for guns that will ultimately be this young man's demise of his career. Now, there's been a lot of talks about how people have felt that, you know, with this whole situation with John Morant, they feel like there's some there's been a lot of talk in the black community how they feel like black men are continuing to be targeted and that they are using him as a prime example. They're using him as the face of white people trying to tear down the white man now. We know, as an African-American woman, I can tell you I know that all too well. I've worked with people who have judged me based upon my race. 
I've worked with people that have tried to sabotage me based upon my race. But everything isn't about race. And as a black woman, I know that. And also as a black woman, I understand when you have to take when I have to take accountability for my poor actions. And this is what I feel like is the issue with John Morant. And I'm going to tell you why. But I want to first give you a little bit more backstory into John Morant's fascinations with guns before we get into all of that. Now, in September of 2022, there was a police report that was filed in regards to a physical dispute that took place with John Morant and a 17-year-old boy as they were playing basketball together at John Morant's house. Now, at some point during this game, the 17-year-old accidentally hit John Morant. And during this, during when he hit him, John Morant retaliated back with punching this young man in the face and continuing to throw blows at him as he lay on the ground. Now, at some point, John went back into his house and he came out with a gun brandish in his waistband. Now, the young man's mother had took him to the hospital and filed a police report in regards to this situation. Now, this case was ultimately thrown out because the judge felt that there was a lack of evidence that was brought to the forefront, which is crazy to me. Now, there's another example here where John Barant's mother went to a, I believe, a finish line out in out where they live. And at some point, John Morant's mother got into an argument with one of the with one of the sales reps there in which her means of de-escalating the situation or I would say actually escalating the situation was calling John ja for backup. Now, as John ja, ja Morant pulls up to the scene, he has an entourage of nine people along with him in which the security sees this and he immediately stops him from coming inside of the mall. Now, at some point, there was an argument that ensued with the security officer. One of Jaws' entourage members had pushed the security officer. The police were called. And as the police arrived on the scene and Jaw was going to leave the scene after the police arrived, he made a statement to the security guard, which really set him off in filing a police support in regards to Jaw. And he had said, let me find out what time he gets off. And so this really struck something in the security officer. He really felt like his life was his life was in danger and he felt threatened by him making that statement. So then there's another example here where on March 6th, um, and this was the first incident that he had with the NBA in regards to brandishing his guns and liking to wave them around on IG Live. So Ja had got in trouble only a month or so ago in regards to his gun usage. So Ja was at a he was at a Colorado strip club and while he was there he was on IG Live, you know, flexing, doing like how most young guys do now. Everybody likes to flex the, you know, flex the money, talk about what they got, just pop stuff. And so he had pulled out 
a gun and he was waving it around while he was on IG Live. Well, the Colorado Police Department started to investigate this. I'm assuming that someone on IG Live that was watching this IG Live of John Morant tipped off the police and that's how they started to investigate the situation. Now, they did, the police department decided not to file any criminal charges because they felt that there was no probable cause for filing any of the charges. And so we run into another issue. So at that particular point, you know, they had, you know, Jai put out a statement, you know, he had apologized for it. The NBA had forgiven him for that. But there was another situation that had rec- that had occurred. It was an incident incident that had actually involved John Morant, John Morant's associates, and John Morant's family member, and John Morant's father, along with some members of the Indiana Pacers. And this happened in January, of, or excuse me, February of this year, actually. So there was a game that they were playing. John Morant was playing against the Indiana Pacers. An argument ensued with John Morant's associates and Jaw's father against some of the members of the Indiana Pacers. And this argument had spilled out after the game as all of the teams were leaving on their bus. And so as the Indiana Pacers are getting onto the bus, John Morant pulls up in his SUV with all of his associates in the car and they point a red laser at the team bus. Now, some of the teammates had felt that that wasn't just a laser. They felt like that was actually a gun that had a laser on it. And so that sparked the NBA to start investigating the situation in which they felt like after they had investigated, after they had did their investigation and they had interviewed some of the the parties involved in the situation, they felt like their statements didn't corroborate and and so they decided not to move forward with, you know, handing out any disciplinary action against anybody, any of the parties involved, aside from banning some of the associates that were involved. But really, there wasn't much there wasn't much recourse that was done in this situation. So this situation was pretty much, you know, a slap on the wrist for just banning some of the people that were involved in the situation. Now, now. We fast forward to last week. John Morant was once again on his Instagram live, driving in a car with one of his homeboys. And on this Instagram live, he pulls out a gun once again. And he starts waving it around. And this caused his team or the owners of the team to suspend him from all activities of the NBA. Because once again, you are involved in some BS with you waving guns around, knowing that you literally just got in trouble only a month or so ago in regards to the same situation. And you continue to show that you have not learned your lesson, even though you put out a statement apologizing for your actions. You are clearly clearly not sorry. You're just a sorry excuse of a person at this point. Not only that, they suspended him from his, you know, from any other fur, uh, further team activities. He his shoe line was actually pulled from the Nike website. 
Now, some of Ja's accolades are in 2020, he was named Rookie of the Year. He was the first time player in, the, in NBA history to average 20 plus points and 20 plus assists uh, per game in a single season. Now, like I said, I don't know nothing about sports. I don't know what any of these things mean, but obviously they mean a lot. And that means, and for him to have a $194 million contract means that he is obviously seen as a very valuable player to his team and to the league. But where his demise will start to happen is John Moran's penchant for this sort of trap culture that has been cultivated inside of the black community for quite some time now. I mean, this goes back well into the late 80s and 90s where you have NAA, you know, talking about F the police and brandishing guns and the music that we hear today, how a lot of this trap culture has cultivated and infested into hip hop culture that we have today, where a lot of these young men are talking about coming from the mud and coming up and showcasing the money that they have and all their wealth and dealing drugs and killing people and rapping about this in lyrics in which the FBI now is starting to investigate and using, trying to use this stuff to prosecute these young men. So many rappers, young rappers especially, in the last three or four years have been killed back to back nonstop because of this gun violence. Now, people can say all day long that we don't have an issue with gun usage in our country. We clearly fucking do. We clearly fucking do. Because the issue has now poured into our youth where you have even successful people like John Morant so influenced by this trap culture that we have going on right now. And let me just make this very clear for you guys that are listening. Now, I know I have a very diverse group of listeners. This isn't to call out any particular race, but I just want to say the trap culture does not just fall into African-American people. Hispanic people are into trap culture. White people are influenced by the trap culture. Asian people are influenced by the trap culture. Indian people and so on and so forth. A lot of the young people today are all influenced by this glorified trap culture that we have going on today. And it is going to be the demise of our young people. Like I said, we already have an issue with guns out in the United States. And with this trap culture, it is not helping to make it better. And in fact, we have to look at kind of some of the reasons why a lot of these young African-American people are starting to, are glorifying this type of culture and where it really stands from. And where it really comes from is black people haven't really had much of an advantage compared to a lot of other people. You know, black people weren't the only ones in the U.S. that were deemed as being ghetto or 
ostracized in our in our nation here. We started with the Jews where they lived in ghettos and they were seeing being seen as less than a person and they've been able to elevate their culture, right? You know, Asian people, they've been ele- able to elevate their culture and so on and so forth. But we've always seen that for black people, it seems to be extra harder for us to really elevate ourselves. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we fought so hard with a lot of these other groups. They didn't have they didn't fight. They weren't resistant in a lot of the adversity that was being brought against them. But black people, we have a disadvantage because we're very strong and we're going to fight up. We're going to fight and stand up for what we believe in. And we're going to fight against adversity. That is the beauty of our culture and our people. The problem is it has kept us in the hoods. It has kept us from being able to be in certain rooms of people to be able to elevate ourselves to certain levels of politics, to be able to elevate ourselves into some of these blue collar jobs or jobs such as working in banking institutions, being an accountant, being owners of houses, being just having ownership in general. There's a lot of other cultures that have their own banks. There's Asian banks, there's Jewish banks, there's a very vast majority of banks for other cultures but where's the black banks where are those at why is it that we haven't been able to elevate ourselves there and so our means of being able to elevate ourselves is through sports because if you really look at it sports is a very african-american dominated sport there is a lot of black people that play in in sports Another way for a lot of black people that's kind of created the this whole sort of kind of trap culture is we've been able to elevate ourselves through rap music, hip hop music. We've been able to open the doors for a lot of things with that. And so we in turn, in the beginning, started to discuss a lot of what this trap culture is of the selling drugs and the the pimping and all of that stuff and killing and all of that stuff because of what we experience from living in the hood, in the projects. That's what you see. That's what you do. You see a lot of drugs and all of that stuff. And so the only means of being able to make money and be successful and the people that were successful in a lot of these areas we're the pimps and we're the drug dealers. So where this glorified trap culture comes from is pimping and drug dealing, in which that has been a means for black people to use the money from pimping and from doing drugs to open up businesses, to be elevated to certain rooms that they probably probably would never be in unless they were able to deal drugs because that's been their only source of being able to become wealthy. And then with sports, you know, black people have been really good at doing sports. So sports is another way for a lot of underprivileged black people to become in a to get into a better financial situation. So now with musicians being able to make an endless amount of money off of glorifying this trap culture, because as they've gotten into the rap scene, they're getting hit with money, million dollar contracts that they probably would have never seen in their entire lifespan unless they got into this glorified lifestyle. So now they have you have young people that have money, 
They have access to women. They have access to certain spaces that they probably would never have unless they got into the hip hop world or the basketball world. Now they're getting promotion deals with all of these top name brands and they're being thrown millions and millions of dollars. And then they have access to the women because in the end, a lot of times when you're wealthy, it starts to attract a lot of women. Okay, so you so this is part of the main reason of why I feel like so many young people are so invested in this glorified trap culture because it put elevates them to a certain tax bracket, a certain economical financial sense of stability. And that's one of the biggest reasons for why so many people are attracted to that. That's why so many black people turn to getting into the NFL or the NBA or just sports in general, because they know that is their only door to becoming successful and having financial stability and for their family and their generations to come to have a sense of financial security for themselves. Okay, and so I feel like this situation is no no different for why John Moran is in the sit in the place that he's in. He's always been a part of this glorified trap culture. Obviously, he was taught a lot of this from his parents. And where did his parents come from? They probably come from the same culture too. They're obviously teaching him this sort of behavior because they're going behind him and they're encouraging him to do it. When his mother was at the finish line, she's calling her son for backup to help with the situation. Ma'am, you got yourself involved in this situation. You get yourself out. Why do you need to get your son involved when he has so much on the line? This shows why he's continuously getting in trouble because he does not have good guidance behind him. He was taught this type of behavior from his parents. So that really says a lot. And there's so many parents out here now today where they don't teach their kids anything. They don't teach kids respect. They don't teach kids, you know, how to take care of themselves. They don't teach their kids any sort of dignity. You see how a lot of these kids in school now are assaulting the teachers. It used to be a time where people had a lot of respect for authority and teachers. Now, on top of that, people don't have respect for authority. People don't have respect for police anymore. And I understand some of the reasonings behind it because, yes, a lot of people in authority, a lot of the police have racially profiled a lot, a lot of black people and a lot of especially black men have been killed in the hands of the police. But at the same time, we cannot teach our children to walk around disrespecting people because at the end of the day, someone is going to meet you at your eye level and you will be tagged Jane Doe number one, two, four, six, seven, eight. If you continue that type of behavior. So we really have to think about how we're really teaching our kids, especially in the times that we're living in right now, where people are losing their jobs, they're desperate, they're robbing people. And in return, we're having more of a gun issue because in a lot of these robberies, guns are being used. And with these home invasions, there's so many that are happening where people now really feel like they have to use guns to protect themselves. So all you have in this circumstance where people are laid off, being laid off and people are in a sense of desperacy, 
And so people are robbing other people with the amount of with people using guns. Now, it creates more of an issues issue with guns and deaths within our country. If we don't see that this is a problem, I mean, we really, really need to look at our society as a whole. We're not really doing good for ourselves. And this situation really speaks volumes into a lot of those issues about what we're teaching our youth and how we really just need to do better as a society as a whole in parenting. A lot of parents are saying, and I hear this a lot, is that they don't have time to raise their kids a lot of times. So what's happening is the streets are raising a lot of these people's kids. And we know how the streets are. The streets don't care about nobody. So it's doggy dog out there. And so we really have to do better. Don't have kids unless you're ready for them. You know what I'm saying? Really don't have kids unless you're ready because it's expensive to have kids and Kids are not like a puppy. You don't just have kids as a toy. You really have to teach them. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of parents that really don't want to take the time to teach their kids anything. And so they're going out here in the world unguided, not really giving a damn, not really having respect for people. And they're getting into all this, all these activities that they shouldn't be involved in. Now, in regards to my earlier statement, when I touched on how the black community was saying, some of the black community was saying they feel like they're trying to sensationalize this whole situation with John Morant. I don't agree with that. And here's one of the reasons why. And like I said a few minutes ago, the NBA is dominated mostly by African-American people. So if anybody had an advantage in the NBA, it would be a black man. And it's no different for John Moran. He has continuously been slapped on the wrist for the offenses that he has made. And he clearly has a problem. They let go of the stripper situation in Colorado. They let go of the situation with him threatening other team members from the opposing team. What I, to me, that speaks volumes. The NBA allowed that situation to go. And I am so shocked by that. So that tells you that he has, this is not about race. This is about a young man making stupid decisions for himself and having bad parenting guidance behind him that's allowing him, that's helping him to perpetrate this type of glorified trap culture because that's obviously the culture that his parents have came from. This doesn't speak about all African-American people, but this speaks about some of the issues that we do face and what we need to do better for ourselves. We have to understand that when we are living in a society where the white man does not care about black people, we have to work extra harder to not get into these types of situations. And by the fact that they've slapped him on the hand, that shows that he has had the upper hand in this situation the whole time. So we're not going to use this excuse anymore. He has to take accountability for his actions because he's going to end up two places, dead or in jail. He has an $194 million contract. He is literally in a position that most people, especially young black men, would kill to be in. There's a lot of black men that are sitting in the hood right now that wish they were in John Morant's situation. And that wouldn't fuck it up because they understand the concept of needing to elevate themselves, wanting to do better, but not having the opportunity to get drafted into the NBA, it's not an easy thing. To get drafted into sports in general, it's not an easy thing. To become a hip-hop artist, a well-known one, it's not easy. There's a lot of artists out here. There's a lot of rappers. There's a lot of singers. There's a lot of pop artists. 
Not everyone is going to be chosen. But when you get those opportunities, especially as someone that is African-American, you can't take it for granted. And that's what's been happening here is he is literally taking everything that he has been handed for granted. And it doesn't really make much sense. So there's we can no longer use these excuses about him being perpetrated, the white man trying to take him down. That's not what's happening. He is taking his own self down and he really needs to reevaluate everything that's happening in his life right now because he is headed for a bad turn. And what I think at this point is from the fact that Nike has taken away his his endorsement with them, I really think the NBA is going to seriously look at this time how they want to move forward with Ja. To be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if they let him go. But at the same time, I know that they're thinking extra hard about it because of the fact that they've invested so much money already in him. And they see, obviously, the potential in him. And that's why they've been able to slap him on the wrist so many times for his offenses. But. I think with the public's feedback in regards to it and the backlash that's happened from this situation, I really think that they're going to take more of a look on how they're going to go about disciplinary action for Ja. Because no one wants to go to a sports outing and feel like one of the member, one of the team members of the team's family is going to be unhinged. And the next thing you know, they're having an altercation with that person, as person's associates in the stands that's going to spill outside into the parking lot and someone ends up dead because that's what's going to happen next. That's exactly what's going to happen next. Or John's is going to get in a situation with someone, like I said, that's going to meet him at his eye level. And the next thing you know, he's going to get killed himself. He has so much to lose. He has so much to lose. And he is a young man that is gravely misguided right now. And he needs better people in his circle. And I really hope... <clears throat> Excuse me. I really hope that there could be a mentor or someone that can really hit home to him to really show him that this is not the way to go. And this is really for our youth to really look at the fact that this glorified trap culture gets you nowhere. Look at the hunt. Look at all of the young hip hop artists that have been killed within the last couple of years back to back. Because of this stuff that they're talking about in their music, killing people, robbing people, you know, and really it looks we have to look at it as why would you want to continue to perpetrate this glorified trap culture when he is in a level of success? But the answer to that is because he wants to look cool. Why do you think a lot of these rap artists, when they come from the ghetto and they get money, they go back to the hood because they want the credibility. They still want to be connected to that. If they leave that after they get the money, when they've been rapping about it all their lives, it makes it seem disingenuine. So they're influenced by these people on the step stool in the hood because they care about what these people think. They care about the fact that they don't want to use their lose their credibility. So they emulate what they see. But at the end of the day, it's killing our youth. There's not a lot of resources for a lot of these kids in the hood. A lot of these counties, a lot of these states have taken away after school programs for a lot of these young guys. There's no recreational centers 
like they used to have when I was growing up in a lot of these places. They don't have the resources for proper education. They're not really taught education in a way that really can hit home to them. A lot of their home lives are very toxic as well with some abuse and other things that are going on in their home lives. And it doesn't help that when you walk outside, all you see is crackheads and drug dealers and people doing illegal activity on a daily basis. And so a lot of these for a lot of these young men, the only sense of being able to make it out of the hood is becoming a drug dealer or a pimp. Because these are the guys who they are seeing in the hood with money. So this is the simplest way for them to elevate themselves to a level of success and why they want to be connected to it so bad. Because this has been the sole means of black people being able to make it out of poverty by dealing drugs, becoming an NBA player or NFL player or any some sort of athlete, pimping. And that's pretty much it. Those have been the only sense of resources because they haven't been given opportunities to elevate themselves. They've been taking things have been taken away from them. And we have to really look at this as a society. Why do we have it? like? Why is it like this? Why is it that you have poor, middle and upper class? It shouldn't be like that. Everybody should be able to afford the same opportunities as everybody else. Yes, I agree that you have to work for things that you are getting in your life. But at the same time, it shouldn't be this sense of there shouldn't be this gap in people being able to achieve uh, any level of success. It shouldn't be just because you live in the hood, you can't get a proper education as someone that is a middle-class person or upper-class person. And we have done, and people, white people, y'all have to understand that when you're not given these opportunities, you're going to make do with what you have to in order to help elevate yourself. So if that means becoming a rapper and rapping about stuff you may or may not see where you live, that's the means of what they're doing right now. And I see white people doing it. There's You see a lot of white people that live in the suburbs that are cultivating this trap culture, too, because they want to be a part of something, because it looks good, because they see it as a shortcut into becoming successful, too, because maybe their parents pushing, wanting them to be a doctor is going to take too. They don't want to do that. They're not interested. It's going to take too long of school and they don't have a passion for that. But they see how the rapper over here They like the music and they're seeing all the flashy stuff that they're displaying and they're seeing it all on social media and they're deciding, you know what? Hey, I don't need to go to school. I don't need to go to school for 10, 15 years to become a doctor because you know what? It's easy for me to become a rapper and have all the access to money that I want to have the fame, to have the fortune, to have the women and to have the lap of luxury by just becoming a rapper. And this is why I believe This sort of culture has been adopted by all races of people, not just black people. But in the end, it is really killing our youth and especially our black youth. So I just like I said, I really just hope that someone can come into Jaws 
life to help mentor him to sway him on the right track because he has so much potential obviously he's a young man who has been able to amass a 194 million dollar contract in the NBA and he's already successful he's already had accolades and accomplishments in such a short span of time I really just think it would be unfortunate if he lost it all because of the misguidance that he's been given all his life and it's really sad to see Now, I want to turn it over to another story. I want to discuss the Kim Zolciak and the Corey Bierman situation. Now, with the Kim and Corey situation, I don't know if some of you don't are not familiar with her in the situation. So Kim Zolciak was a member of the Atlanta Housewives, and eventually she got her own spinoff show on the Bravo network called Don't Be Tardy for the Party. And that lasted, I believe, seven seasons. And during her time on the Atlanta Housewives, she ended up meeting her husband in which she had four children by him and then two other children from a previous relation, relationship, Corey Bierman. And he used to play for the Atlanta Falcons, but he was released in 2016 where he amassed about a 15, about $15 million. Now, if you've watched the Atlanta Housewives, you know that it's all about opulence. It's all about the pomp and circumstance. It's all about displaying your wealth. The problem with this whole thing is a lot of what you see, a lot of what these women are displaying They don't actually have that shit. (laughs) They don't have it at all. And Kim Kim isn't the only one that's the offender in this situation. There's been quite a few housewives that have encountered a lot of tax tax issues over the years. So it's not just her that is the issue. Now, Kim is facing a $2.6 million foreclosure on her mansion after her and her husband failed to pay back $300,000 loan to the bank. According to In Touch, the financial troubles took place after their cancellation of her show Don't Be Tardy for the Party in May of 2021 due to low ratings and other factors. According to Radar Online, she received $1.15 million for season seven of Don't Be Tardy for the Party and were set to receive a 20% raise for seven season eight, which she would have received $1.8 million. Now, as I mentioned before, Corey's net worth was $15 million. And in 2016, he was released from his duties being in the NFL. And so what it seems to me from kind of looking at their IG and from kind of following them over the years, he hasn't been working. He's been more of like a stay-at-home father, so he really isn't breaking in any money. Now, the IRS is saying that Kim and Croy owe $1.1 million in unpaid taxes, interest, and penalties from 2013, 2017, and 2018. In addition to them owing the state of Georgia $15,000 in unpaid taxes for 2018, it is said that the IRS is auctioning off all of her wigs. Now, if you guys have followed Kim, you know her wigs were struggle, honey, when she was on the Atlanta Housewives. And over the years, her her they slaying now they slaying but because she has failed to pay the IRS they are repossessing all of those wigs along with that as along with the money that they're owed as well 
Now, this isn't, like I said, the first time that the someone from the Atlanta Housewives has faced issues with the IRS. NeNe Leaks has faced issues with the IRS. Kim Fields has faced issues with the IRS. And even Sheba Sheree has faced issues in regards to the IRS. And most famously, recently, Jen Shaw who was on the Salt Lake City Housewives, she faced her own issues with the IRS and is currently incarcerated in a federal prison for a pyramid scheme that targeted the elderly that landed her in prison for six years. Now, she was forced to forfeit the $6.5 million in traceable proceeds for the conspiracy scheme that she had against this, the elderly people. And she was she had agreed to pay back the $9.5 million in restitution to the victims when the feds raided her place and they went through all of her clothes everything that she had owned they were trying to sell off some of her items that she had and they had found out that a lot of those handbags that she had were not even real a lot of those hermeses and they, they weren't even real Not only did they find out that a lot of her bags and stuff were fake, she has she and her husband have not been able to afford the lawyer fees that she Jen Shaw has amounted from this whole federal case. She hasn't been able to pay back the lawyer one hundred and twenty four thousand dollars in fees that they haven't that Jen has occurred from this trial. And it was even reported that the lawyer wanted to be dropped from the case because they have not been able to pay up. So what this really goes into is glorified flex culture that we have been living in for these last couple of years. This has been a really big thing on social media. I mean, you see a lot of influencers taking pictures of themselves in these exclusive places, going on these lavish vacations, showcasing all of the jewelry and cars and the expensive clothing, all the designer clothing that they have. And really, they're not really even living these lifestyles a lot of times. A lot of these IG models that you see are escorting in Dubai and other places in order to make it because they really don't have they don't have any businesses going on. So this has been something that has been an issue for quite some time now. And we have to look at the fact that with so many people that are being laid off of their jobs, you have to think a lot of these IG models, their means of income is their only fans, right? Aside from them doing the escorting on the side. And with so many people being laid off, a lot of these guys are not subscribing to these OnlyFans anymore because they rather save the ten ninety nine or the nine ninety nine or the the twenty seven ninety nine a month because they can afford to watch porn anymore. It's getting expensive. They got to cut corners with the cost of living going up and the the pay not being high enough and groceries going up and losing their jobs. People can no longer afford to keep these women lavish with the things that they're used to having anymore. And so with the Atlanta Housewives and the Housewives franchise in general, it's no different. So many of them have faced legal woes because they've been flaunting this life that they're really actually not 
not living. And a lot of times they don't even live a lot of these lifestyles that they're displaying. They're robbing Peter to pay Paul a lot of times because they want to be, they want the fame, they want the fortune. They understand if they're able to get on these shows, they're able to get certain endorsements deals, they're able to get the exposure and they love the fame. They love the attention. They love the notoriety. They love flexing on people because it makes them seem important. But at the end of the day, it's also most important to pay the IRS and to pay your bills. So there's this fantasy that's been created in the in the Housewives franchise where these women are married and they're living the lap of luxury because they're married to these men who are, you know, very prominent in their own respective field job fields. But a lot of times, a lot of these husbands aren't really making money like that. And so what they're doing is they're going out and they're getting the the designers to design them these clothes. And a lot of it's on GP a lot of times. A lot of that stuff is given to them. And some of them do have to buy that stuff too, but a lot of it's given to them. They get a lot of in, uh, endorsements and stuff and they're getting paid from that. But it, it's not as much as you would think that it is. On the Housewives, they do get paid for the reunions. They do get paid for appearances and it's a good amount of money but a lot of the money that they're getting from these appearances in the show they're using it to elevate their luxury their, their lifestyles because okay when we really look at when kim first came on the atlanta housewives she had a modest condo but she wasn't even paying for that remember she was being kept by big papa the married man that she had been dealing with for years that bought her the Escalade. Remember that, y'all? When Big Papa was on there and he bought her the Escalade and she was all happy. It was $70,000. And he had been, you know, everybody had been trying to figure out how she was getting all this money when she was talking about she was a single mom and she didn't have a job. And re remember, this whole show is versed around being a housewife. But she was not a housewife. She had said that for years she was a nurse. But, you know, people were kind of a little concerned about, you know, how as a nurse you can afford this condominium and how you can afford, you know, this really expensive Escalade. Yes, you know, nurses do get paid a lot of money, but the amount of money that she was spending on herself, there was no way that she was able to get that money from being a nurse. So it had been founded out that she was actually getting a lot of this money from her sugar daddy, Big Papa. And that's how she was living in the lap of luxury. A lot of the housewives, if you've noticed, when they first got on the show, a lot of their houses were pretty modest. And over time, you've seen how everybody has elevated their their houses. They've gotten bigger houses. They've gotten more diamonds. Their hair and makeup has improved a lot because they're starting to spend a lot of money in that because that's what the show is about. So a lot of them really never had the money in the first place. And so they're trying to live up to the franchise they're trying to live up to the hype so therefore then they're spending a vast amount of money to try to make it seem like they really got it like that and to try to flex on people but at the end of the day who cares what people think why is this so important but for people it really feeds their egos it really feeds their self-esteem so they really feel like they have to get on these shows to make themselves seem important, to get the fame, of course, and the fortune and all these things. But if you notice, a lot of these housewives, 
They don't have any other businesses aside from just being on the show. So what happens when the next year Andy doesn't want you back anymore? What have you done with yourself? Your husband's not making as much money. You've you've bought a bigger home. So now you have more of a more. Now you have a bigger loan to pay off and you don't have any money to help back you up because you're not going to be on another season. You didn't elevate yourself by starting businesses and expanding your wealth in any other way from being on the show. So now, you know, you're losing it. And that's what happened with Kim. She, after tardy for the party, it was reported by Raider Online, that's when the financial situation started to really happen. And because of the fact that Croy, he's no longer playing in the NFL anymore, he's not really amassing, he's not bringing in any income either. He's just kind of living under her right now. She's the one that's, that one that was putting in. She did start the wig line, but it doesn't really seem like that wig line was really doing much for her. I know that she was saying that Cashmere had made over $15 million for that song. And you have to remember, you guys, a lot of times the IRS and the FBI, they watch these shows. And if you've noticed, there has been so many of these housewives that, and not just the housewives, there's been so many other reality stars that have been getting hit by the IRS when they've gone on these shows and flaunted all their wealth and showed their houses and all these things, knowing that they haven't paid their taxes. They watch these shows so that way they can get their asses. And how silly of it to go on these shows, display your wealth, knowing that you owe the IRS, you haven't paid in years, and then you're surprised when they're hitting you with liens and your house is going into foreclosure. And now you're really looking embarrassed because you went on this show thinking that you were the shit. You were thinking that you was going to flex on people and look at you now. You have not two nickels, two pennies to even rub together. You don't even have a, a pot to piss in or even a window to throw it out of. So this flex culture really needs to die live within your means stop living beyond your means there's nothing there's no reason for people to be flexing on anybody else if it does something for your self-esteem and you want to live by robbing peter to pay paul so be it do your thing that's your thing but for me i rather live within my means i don't think it it's fly to sit here and rock a fake purse knowing that you can't afford the real deal if you can't afford the real deal don't rock the fake deal there's a lot of really nice purses that aren't designer that you can get at tj maxx you can get at ross i buy them all the time and a lot of times those purses there look way better than a lot of the designer purses and you ain't got to be worried about all of your money being gone after you spent something just to say that you have a chanel just to say that you have have a Louis just to say that you have a Balenciaga and that's how a lot of these shows make you feel like you're nothing because you're not on that level of success but in reality a lot of these reality TV stars quote unquote they're not living the reality that they're displaying from these shows and it really shows with Kim's situation and Jen Shaw. Look at her. She made it seem like she was so rich and she was such a successful business person. This woman was over here scheming elderly people and now is in prison for six years. Now, how silly is that? You're throwing your whole life away, trying to live above your means. Her husband was a coach for university, but he wasn't raking in as much money as she was making it seem. And a lot of people question where she was getting her money from her and her husband. And it come to find out they actually have a modest home. The home that they were saying that they were living in, they did not live in there at all. I just think that it's silly. 
Now, I kind of want to get into this clip of Bethany Frankel, who used to be on the Atlanta, I mean, not the Atlanta Housewives, excuse me, the New York Housewives. She had discussed the whole situation with Corey and Kim. And I don't know if you guys remember, but when Bethany was on the New York Housewives, she didn't have any money, but she never flexed. She never pretended like she had any of the money. But a lot of the women that were on the show, she had said, pretended like they had it when they really didn't either. So I want you to get into this clip of Bethany talking about this Corey and Kim situation and we'll come right back. So my podcast and my producers told me that Kim and Croy, uh, Kim Zolciak and Croy are getting divorced. And I've heard all the rumors about the foreclosure. And I thought to myself, marriage is hard enough. Bringing other people into your life and highlighting it for years on TV. I did it for a short time and I paid the price. And I took it like a champ when I was scrutinized. And, you know, they go with you in when it's happy and everything looks great and everyone's coming with you when it goes down to the abyss in the pit slumdog millionaire style so they invited us into this life and they've always been people who seem like they're spending more than they have he's on a football salary she's on a housewife's salary and they're spending like the fucking planes going down and the thing is you can't spend more than you make and it's the old housewives model to get on the show make no money spend spend logo logo car car house house bankruptcy foreclosure because you can't keep up you're writing checks you can't cash and it's gross it's like what's wrong with america when the whole real estate bubble crashed um that was because people were just just financing their houses and the whole thing imploded and i heard kim and croy owe a million dollars each and it's like good pay the irs you gotta pay you want to play you gotta pay and you know all these couples that bring everybody into every single detail like they're perfect it's a recipe for disaster also machine gun kelly and megan and then he's cheating and it's adam levine and his wife everyone gets humbled real quick so these two you know we're so perfect and we're so in love and we have all this money and we're spending and the diamonds and the this and the filters and the kids and everything and then when the goes sideways you invited us in when it was going good and it looked like a fairy tale or made us believe it was well guess what we're, go- we're coming out with you too. So no one's gonna f- respect your privacy at this time because there is no privacy at this time. And I just, I think I get particularly lit when people spend what they don't have. It's like f-ing up the whole system. It's like f-ing with the IRS. Like you pay your goddamn bills, right? I never spent a goddamn dime until I made money. Like never, I couldn't afford a taxi. I would pray that someone would buy me a drink. Like I never spent a f- Penny, I was terrified. I was on the cover of Forbes and called my business manager to ask if I could buy a handbag the first time. I was always terrified because you don't spend money you don't have. My apartment was furnished by IKEA. When I was on the Housewives in New York, I didn't have it, so I didn't pretend I had it. I hate all show and no go. I hate fronting and stunting. Pay your bills. That's all I have to say. Pay your bills. So you guys just listened to that clip. So what this really is saying overall is never envy people because you never really know what they have. You never really know if people are actually living the extravagant lifestyles that they're portraying, especially on reality TV. And you're understanding that in 
quote-unquote reality TV. There is no such thing as reality. A lot of it is convoluted. A lot of it is scripted. There's a lot of people, like I said, that are living lives that they don't live. They're robbing Peter to pay Paul because they want the notoriety. They want the fame. And of course, they do want some of the money that comes along with living these lavish lifestyles, portraying this sort of opulent lifestyle. And they don't live them. So don't be envious or jealous of anyone. If you live an average lifestyle, be happy for that. Be grateful that you're at least able to put food on your table and keep a roof over your head. Don't be envious because you're not able to afford a Balenciaga bag or clothes or shoes or a Louis Vuitton or a Chanel or because you can't afford to go on vacations, these elaborate vacations all over the globe. Be happy with the fact that you're at least able to buy the things that you like when you're able to afford to be able to buy them. Don't be jealous or envious of someone because you don't have a phantom, okay? Be happy with the fact that you at least have a car that drives that can get you from A to Z. Don't be envious of someone because you can't take several vacations in a single year. Be happy with the fact of just being able to take vacation once a year. And every now and again, be happy with the fact that you're able to wake up and have a, a, a to be able to breathe life. OK, because there's a lot of people that are in a lot worse situations that won't ever be able to go out and have a vacation that will never be able to drive, that will never be able to see, that will never be able to even be in your shoes and do some of the things that you're able to do. Be happy for what you have. Be grateful. Have gratitude. Do not envy people. Because like I said, you never know if they're actually leaving, living these lifestyles that they're portraying because they're not. None of these housewives, most of them, they're not living these lifestyles. Sheree has been in several financial situations over the years. I remember even when Kim had her wedding and they showcased it on Tardy for the Don't Be Tardy for the Party. And it was said that she owed the event planner for her her wedding planner over $250,000 for the wedding that she defaulted in. And this was two years after the wedding had happened. She still hadn't paid the guy for his services. And there's been other things that she hasn't been paying for. Here's another clip that I want you to listen to that Kim did with her daughter in regards to how much money they were spending on a daily basis in clothing. Take a look. Take a listen to this. Give me a number. What's the daily glam budget in this house? Because it has to be up there. I mean, I, it's it's a couple thousand dollars a day for sure. Wow. That's not including you, the outfits because this yeah, is that's, that's just makeup and hair. That's just the neck up. <laughs> that's just the makeup and the styling of the hair, not the wig itself or the clothes. How about the hair itself? Like I, I probably have about eight thousand dollars worth of hair in my head right now. All right, so you just heard that. So it's stupid. 
They're spending all this money on cosmetics and clothing and a ridiculous amount of money on a daily basis. Number one, Kim never had the money like that. If she's getting $1 million for a single season, you can do the math. She didn't have, she had a couple of seasons there, but she didn't amass a whole bunch of money. She didn't amass the amount of money where she can spend over thousands of dollars a day on hair, makeup, and clothing. Chloe only had $15 million. He hadn't been in the NFL since 2016. It may sound a lot to some people. And yes, it's a lot. But when you're living beyond your means, it's really not a lot of money. So it makes sense of why they're so in debt. And the thing is, when watching the show, it always seemed that, you know, Kim wanted to spend a lot of money and Croy didn't. I know one of the things that Croy's parents did talk about was how they did not like him and they felt that she was a gold digger and all about money and even to this day he still doesn't have a relationship with his parents anymore because of Kim I remember prior to him meeting Kim he had a very close relationship with Kim with his parents he came from humble beginnings in Montana very down home guy He had a close relationship with his parents on the show. I know Kim had her own personal issues with her parents as well, but there was a lot of issues there. So in the end, his parents were right about her. And so what's going on right now with their situation is Croy is now divorcing Kim. Yes, you heard that right. Croy is now divorcing Kim. He then went down to the courthouse, honey, and filed the divorce papers along with seeking sole custody of their four children. Now, after Kim, I guess, got word that Croy had filed for divorce, she goes and trucks down to the courthouse in her in her phantom or her, her her luxury vehicle to file the papers. But what's interesting is in the court documents, she's filing for sole custody with visitation rights. He's not. He's just filing for sole custody. So that says a lot. And in watching the show, I do, it did seem like Cora was way more involved with the children on the show than Kim was. It really seemed like she was more so trying to beat show flow to pretending like, you know, she, she had it all together and cared more about her hair and her makeup as opposed to kind of being a mother. And it seemed like her oldest two children, she was teaching them the same things as well. If I'm not mistaken, I think that her oldest children were all living under the same roof with her four youngest children. They didn't have a place of their own as well. So they were obviously taking care of six kids on top of trying to live this extravagant lifestyle. Kim was constantly posting about all the things, all the expensive purchases that she had made. And what's very interesting is when it had came out that the that the IRS was going to repossess her house and put it in foreclosure, she went on Instagram and had said this. She says, okay, guys, my house is not sold for $257,000. If you guys want to think I would let my home that we put millions and millions of dollars into go for $257,000, you're an idiot, okay? For real. No, Kim, you be for real. For once, be for real and stop funking and fake flexing out here pretending like you got it when you freaking don't because the bank is taking away your house now the fact that you couldn't even pay three hundred thousand dollar loan back shows you are broke bitch you're a broke bitch 
okay? And you need to do something with your life. You need to get a job, honey, that can actually amass the type of money where you're able to live, live in this lap of luxury. Your daughters need to get off their asses and go get them a job. They're well over the age of 20 years old. There's no reason why you should be taking care of grown-ass people at this age. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kim goes back on the Atlanta Housewives and uses this whole situation as a storyline for her. I am sure she is working out the details as we speak with Andy Cohen for her to get back on the show. And I am sure she probably has back Big Papa's number in her back pocket and her little black book waiting to call him and have him spend some money on her. I can guarantee you that's what she is doing right now. She is looking for another sugar daddy, honey, and she's probably hitting up Big Papa. And I would say that's probably her best bet, honey, because he can he's the only person that can get her out of this particular type of debt right now to help her out with all them damn kids. So blessings to you, Kim. So moving right along here now. I want to get into this situation with this Kim Kardashian lookalike. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this story, but the Kim Kardashian lookalike was a 34-year-old who goes by the name of Christina Gorkani. And she died recently after receiving illegal butt injections in a Burlingame hotel room that's actually here in the Bay Area that's really close to San Francisco in a hotel room, like I mentioned, in Burlingame. And it was reported that Christina had spent over $100,000 in cosmetic surgery and was an OnlyFans model. Now, the woman responsible for the death is a 50-year-old who goes by the name of Vivian Gomez, who was arrested and charged with involuntary manslaughter and felony charges in regards to Christina's death. Now, Vivian had flown in from Florida, where she is a resident of, to Burlingame. Lord Jesus, why all the crazy people come to Flor- from Florida, child? I swear. You know, Florida is a crazy place. I always say there's something in that Florida water, honey, because it just breathes out just fucking craziness. Um, and I know that Florida is a really big hub for, uh, in you know, the BBL thing and a lot of illeg- illegal butt injections, amongst other debauchery. But um, I'll get back into this. So, like I said, she's a native from uh, Florida. She actually flo- flew in from Florida to Burlingame where she gave Christina the injections in the Burlingame um, hotel room uh, where her fiance, where Christina's fiance was present shortly after receiving the, Ill- the illegal silicone injections that aren't approved by the FDA, by the way. And this is a known fact for years that these types of injections can kill women uh, due to the health dangers. Shortly after, uh, sh- uh, Christina had showed signs of complications from the injections and was rushed rushed to Mills Hospital where she succumbed to, um, you know, the illegal butt injections. It is said that the the silicone was found in her bloodstream, which triggered respiratory failure and a pulmonary embolism that caused the cardiac arrest, which in turn caused her death. Now, here's what is really getting me about this situation. 
And this really goes into this whole BBL craze, which it kind of seems like it's starting to die out a little bit. But I know it's been big for years. And I know one of the, you know, one of the faces of this whole BBL thing has been Kim Kardashian. So it doesn't surprise me that this lookalike would try to expand her derriere to look like her. But really, she looked like a freak. She looked like a circus clown. Her injections and her breast implants, it did not look good. It didn't look desirable. She clearly has body dysmorphia issues. She was a beautiful woman and she did look a lot like Kim Kardashian, but it was very over the top. And this is kind of the culture we live in. Like, I know Black China talked about her getting the illegal butt shots when she was working in the strip club. And the reason why she started doing that, mind you, China already always, Black China always had an ass on her. Okay, if you've seen her mama, her mama stacked too. But one of the things that she said is a lot of these women, they get a lot of this work, the work that they get done for free as promotion for a lot of these doctors' businesses. And so also with all the competition out there and constantly wanting to look perfect and be the best out there, have the best body out there, a lot of times they will do these operations knowing that they really don't need it. They'll continue to just pump more and more and more and more and more into themselves because of the fact that it's available, they don't have to pay for it, and it's a good look for them, right? So I feel like with Christina, it was no different. She continuously pumped herself with all of the silicone and went under the knife because of the fact that it elevated her to get more follows on Instagram. She had well over 600 and something thousand thousand followers on Instagram. She had an OnlyFans, which I know she probably made a good amount of money from that. But really set me off about this situation was her family started a GoFundMe account and they had asked for $60,000 and they ended up raising $6,607 off of it. When I was looking at the GoFundMe account, it says that they're no longer accepting donations. I feel this largely has to do with all of the backlash that this this woman has received from getting the butt injections in the first place. Now, here's number one. From what I heard, allegedly, a lot of she had went to some other plastic surgeons when she wanted to get more injections and they all turned her down. They had told her, you've had a lot of them going. You've had many of them right now. If we work on you, there's no telling if you're going to live or die. And so instead of accepting no from these doctors, she decided to go another route in which I'm sure this isn't her first time getting the illegal butt butt injections in the first place. I'm sure this is one of many rounds that she's had, including her going to actual doctors for them to try to give her more of the oomph in her derriere. The fact that you knew the risk and you were told, and I'm sure she already knew the risk prior to even doing it, and you still got the injections, okay? And your body was already just crazy as it was. And the fact that you continue to get to do more to yourself, knowing the risk of doing it and how on your Instagram, how on her Instagram, she displayed her body. She was showing it off. She showed herself in all of these exotic places, traveling all around the world. She displayed herself wearing all of these designer clothes. Once again, this falls into the whole situation of this whole flex culture that we're living in, but also this BBL craze that we're in now. You have all these women that are going overseas, that are going to hotel rooms and getting work done by unlicensed 
these people, knowing the risk factors. This situation has been talked about for many years now, yet because women need to feel secure with themselves, because their self-esteem is so low, because they're so influenced by what's going on social media, and because they're looking at the latest IG model being able to travel across the world because she's got her body done, she's got all these rappers in her DM. They want to live that lifestyle too. They want to elevate themselves. And because they can, once they elevate themselves, they get a lot of this extra cosmetic surgery for free. They want to continue to do it, not understanding the risk to when they're already actually understanding all of the risk factors just for like on a follow. Just to say that they had Drake sliding in their DMs and he flew him out and he gave him 20K for a weekend or whatever. Or because a prince in Dubai slid in their DMs and told them if you come over to Dubai, you can be my porta potty for $20,000. I've heard some of these girls are even getting $200,000 if the right prince or sheik is coming across them. Yes, yes, you guys heard it right. There are men in Dubai that are paying these women to shit and urinate on them and paying them for it. It is a big fetish that is going on in Dubai amongst other crazy things that they're asking these women to do. And these women are going over there and they're doing it. That's why we have to wonder how these women are getting over there and they don't have any verifiable income. So if you're going over to Dubai and you're you're not just Dubai, but all these exotic places with, like I said, no verifiable income and you look the way you look with all this BBL and stuff, you have to figure that they must be escorting. OnlyFans has only been around for a few short years, but even this has been going on way before OnlyFans even came into play. I really think OnlyFans for a lot of these women is like a means for them to be able to get Johns to pay for their lifestyles, for them to escort. Like, I think it's like a, a, you know how they used to have the websites where those escorting websites, I feel like OnlyFans has taken over a lot of those websites. It's the new means of them being able to get a lot of these men to subscribe to them, to pay for these different tiers. And the more tiers that they pay for, the more these women are willing to do. So like when you you are a loyal customer and you're paying for all this stuff a lot of times these girls will do extra things like they'll they'll meet up with them personally and then they'll give them some you know some some play on the side if you know what I mean a lot of them are ended up having a lot of them are building these rapports with these guys so that way they can either be their sugar daddies or they can just have sexual intercourse with them for money and that is what's going on and it's been going on for a really long time IG before OnlyFans used to come out was the mean for a lot of these girls to get clients so they can so because they're escorting it's acting as that so you know what really triggered me was the fact that her family here is asking for money for her funeral yet you know like I said she's displaying herself living this lifestyle like she's got it when in reality she never had it she didn't have the money And it's crazy to me. And so how I feel about the situation is you better go over there and you better suck all that silicone out her ass and go use it to pay for her funeral. You better go in there and you better go unlock her accounts and you better find that money in her accounts that she was flexing on everybody with to pay for her funeral. I think that that's absolutely crazy that women, people's priorities are so messed up that they're willing to put themselves in risky situations such as this to get illegal 
butt injections and to go under cosmetic surgery. And let me just say, I'm not against surgery at all. If you want to go get a BBL, you want to get a tummy tuck or whatever it is, I'm not against plastic surgery at all. Do what makes you happy, but know the limit is all I'm saying. And do things the the healthy way. Don't go into these hotels and get illegal butt shots. There's been so many stories of women who have gotten illegal butt shots that butt shots that have lost legs and arms and have all these health issues. One of the big faces of the this movement has been K. Michelle. She's been super transparent about her taking out her illegal butt shots. And she was saying the guy who was doing the butt shots for her was also doing a lot of other celebrity women's. And that after time, she started to experience a lot of health issues from that. And so that caused her to want to take out her butt shots, and which has been a long journey for her. Not all of it is completely taken out. And she said it's been really painful from the recovery but I like the fact that she's been very transparent about it because there's so many women that lie about the fact that they had cosmetic surgery when it's clear that they have so to me it just it doesn't make sense when you go under you go and do this type of stuff you get illegal butt shots knowing the risk factors and you don't even have life insurance Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fact that we continue to spend beyond our means to be elevated into this certain social life or this social scene. So that way we can be around the celebrities. So that way we can get the promotions. So that way we can live in the lap of luxury. But yet in the end, it's hurting you because you want to flex so hard and make people think that you have all this money and you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, you have the IRS after your ass now. So you're not really living the lifestyle anymore. You're not living that. And so you look crazy in the end because you want to be in this social circle and be flown out from Dubai to Tokyo to all over the United States of America because you have a sexy body. But in the end, you went and got it done at in some freaking hotel for probably like a thousand dollars. And it's killing you inside now because you want to be seen as the it girl, because you want to be seen as the Kim Kardashian, because you want to be seen as the black Chinas of the world and the Alexis Skies and the Lyra Galores of the world, because you want to be in the spaces of these women, not realizing once again, none of these fucking people have anything to showcase for their bodies half the time there's so much competition that's coming up behind them they're trying to keep up and that's the reason why they're getting so much a lot of these injections too and so in the end why do this and risk your life for it it's not worth it it's not worth it there's nothing wrong with being natural There's nothing wrong with getting plastic surgery if that's what you want to do. But know the risk factors behind them and have limits to this stuff. Because in the end, all these men are doing is using you as a pump and dump. That's it. You're getting flown out to literally get demeaned, to get shitted on, to get urinated on just for $20,000 and $100,000 when that shit isn't even going to last because all you're going to do is fuck it off because you want to go buy a Hermes and a Birkin and you have nothing to freaking show for it. So when you're hard on times, do you think any of these men that you've been sleeping with are going to give you two nickels to rub together to help you out of your financial situation? No. They're not. Half the Johns are not going to do that. Some of them will. 
but a lot of them won't. They don't care. These rappers don't care about these women. They're, they see these women as being disposable. So at some regards, there has to be a whole change in the way that our society flows with this whole flex culture and this whole BBL culture. If you really look at it, Kim Kardashian for years has done, has really been the face of curvy women. But if you've noticed, when you look at Kim now, she's super skinny. Her ass has shrunk over the years. She's taken a lot of the legal, the injections that she had in her out. She doesn't even have it anymore. And I've been kind of noticing how there's also been that, there's been a change in women kind of getting BBLs a little bit because Kim's doing it. Everybody's falling behind her. So a lot of women are starting to want to take a lot of that stuff out because it's no longer the trendy thing to do. And I just think trends, honestly, at the end of the day, they're silly. They're silly because what do you have to showcase at the end? You're trying to look like Kim Kardashian and you killed yourself in the end to be on this certain level of perfection. And I think that it's a slap in the face that the family set up here and actually started a GoFundMe account knowing that this woman, or at least she claimed, to have made so much money and spent over 100 k in cosmetic surgery and we're going to sit up here and ask the general public for money when she should have gotten life insurance? You guys really need to flex that type of stuff. Flex getting life insurance. Flex, do you know, in, in making investments for yourself so that way when someone has to bury you, they're not scrounging to bury you. You should have all your you should have all your ducks in the row. That doesn't make any sense. It's cra- it's crazy to me that this culture has been so elevated over the years and it's silly. It's gotten no one anywhere. So many women have died from receiving these illegal and butt injections. So many people are behind bars because they've administered these illegal butt injections. And at the end of the day, What are we gaining from all of this? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. As society, we don't get any smarter behind it. We don't get any wiser behind it. We damn sure aren't becoming more financially secure behind it. We're not feeling even any more confident enough when we received our first round of uh, butt injections or when we got in a BBL. So why do we continue to do it? We continue to chase this sense of perfection when there's no such thing. And we and really at the end of the day, it's like we're living in we live in a society where everybody really just has such low self-esteem. It feels like a lot of people don't have self-love. People really need to look internally at why we do these things, why they do the things that they do and why they care so much about what the next person thinks, why it's so important to flex on someone else so hard and why we have the ball till we fall you know I really want people to kind of take that away and really think about it because this is an issue that will cause the demise of our society it has already started the demise of the society look at we even have millionaires that feel so low inside that don't even have the proper guidance who have 194 million dollar contracts that are so influenced by this flex culture that they're willing to risk their own lives. They're willing to risk their contracts, their livelihood for this shit. So we need to look at what we're doing as a whole of society and how we can do a lot better. 
So on that note, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. I would like to know all of your opinions in regards to this topic. I know it's a little touchy. And don't make and make sure that you all follow me on my Instagram account at Vibe Selection Podcast. I love you all so much. And tune in for another episode of Vibe Selection sometime soon. You guys stay safe, stay healthy out there. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.